Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. Uh, It's an opportunity for us to explore yoga, the spiritual path in all of its depth and breadth as a pathway to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm your host, Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're going to really broaden our lens and look at this um, ever-growing field, let us call it the spiritual friend and uh, spiritual direction in many traditions. And I'm joined today by Reverend Seifu Anil Singh Molaris. And we're going to talk about the spiritual friend, the soul companion, the counselor, the guru, spiritual director, and how it's an essential component of the spiritual path and has increasing relevance today um, in our very fast-paced society and um, that need for spiritual support and friendship. Uh, Reverend uh, Seifu is the Executive Director of Spiritual Directors International, and he is also an ordained Zen Buddhist priest, as well as a practicing spiritual director companion and a motivational speaker. He's a veteran of numerous interfaith and interspiritual efforts over the years, including Seeds of Compassion in Seattle, um, where he was one of the chairs as the founder and executive director of the Compassionate Action Network. He has a master's in theological studies from Harvard University. Uh, welcome to the Yoga Hour, Reverend Seifu. I'm so delighted you're here because you are exactly the right person to be having this conversation with. Well, thank you. Thank you, Yoga Yes, I'm very pleased to be here. Um, so before we um, start talking about what it's what this field is like now with spiritual direction, um, let's just take a centering moment and a little meditation. Let us open our hearts and our minds to the infinite and simply be present in this moment, aware of the breath, aware of the body, aware of the mind, simply just aware, noticing and feel the breath as you inhale and as you exhale. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, simply shift awareness 
from the periphery, being involved in outer distraction, to beginning to pull your awareness within. And you can do that with the breath as you breathe in, simply feel that you pull your attention and awareness within. As you breathe out, so let go of tension. Breathing in, breathing out. Noticing. And with something so simple as the breath, we can begin to slow down a little bit. Let the mind become quiet. And become aware of being aware. And we can notice that with awareness itself, our ability to notice that there's a sense of peace within us. So for this tiny moment, let's touch that peace within us. Breathe into it. And feel that peace growing within us and invite that peace now to light up the mind and to fill the body. And just put forth the intention to share that deeper peace beyond thought, beyond change. Just let us intend to share that peace with one another today. You know, on the spiritual path of yoga and the tradition of Kriya Yoga that I teach in, the spiritual direction has always been a uh, essential part. It's part of the lineage, you know, from guru to disciple to provide um, support and direction. But until I want to say, Reverend Seifu, until I met you, I hadn't uh, come across someone who was really looking at this essential component of the spiritual life across spiritual lines. Like, you know, how can we bring our competencies, our um, our traditions together and support one another in this pluralistic time. So I mentioned in the beginning, I, I happen to know that you're the best person for doing this. Uh, and um, so let's just start with maybe you could share a little bit about what brought you to this organization that you're, cha- uh, that you're leading as executive director, the spiritual directors international. What is that 
mm. uh, organization and what are you doing there? Right. Um, well, thank you for that. I, so Spiritual Directors International is a nonprofit um, focused around spiritual companionship. And, and I prefer the term spiritual companionship, and I think most spiritual, quote-unquote, directors do as well. Um, so the 6,600 of us worldwide um, across numerous faith traditions and um, spiritual orientations. I say spiritual orientations because m many of our members are not affiliated with a particular. They, they fall into that vast, cate vast and gro growing category of spiritual but not religious. Um, so spiritual companions are people who have significant training in accompanying others as they uh, unfurl their own understanding of call it God, call it Brahman, call it Tao, call it um, Shunyata, call it the universe, um, call it nature, dancing, whatever it is that unites you with um, what in Zen we call beyond the beyond, right? For lack of better terms. Um, so these are people who, who companion others as and help them um, as they unfurl their own understanding of their relationship with the universe or the divine, um, and that's so. That's that's what the organization is about. I was a spiritual companion for several years before I took over this organization, and it uh, is one of those fortuitous uh, coincidences that I'm actually now sitting in the office right below uh, the one where I I. Um, was a companion to many others. And so um, the, the organization came into my awareness um, and uh, very quickly it was a, a mile away from where I lived. It was in line with the work that I was doing. And so that's how I ended up here. Well, thank you, and I, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more than that, that really quick summary. Um, and, and one of the things is that um, you know, I know in my own um, experience of um, providing um, spiritual guidance and direction, you know, um, as I say, it, it has been there, you know, in my tradition since the beginning. Um, but I also felt at a point in my own development as a spiritual guide um, for others that I needed more training and um you know, I mean, I could certainly guide people according to the precepts, uh, the yamas and niyamas in the yoga tradition. I could teach them to meditate. I could teach them about nature of the mind and, you know, all of those things. And yet I didn't feel that I had um, the skills um, that were necessary in the in the counseling um, framework itself. <clears throat> in other words, I... I didn't really know like um, how to spot, you know, certain distinctions between people needing psychological help and, you know, the boundary between that and spiritual guidance. And, and also, <clears throat> you know, what was it that uh, I was going to choose for an intervention, you know, so there, it, the field is so vast, you know, I ended up going back to the university and getting my master's degree in transpersonal uh, counseling and education with transpersonal counseling, because I, I knew I needed more training. And at that time, um, 
you know, there, I wasn't aware of SDI. And when I became aware of it, you know, it was, it seemed to have largely a Christian focus, um, you know, in terms of the people who were attending and um, the long, long history of uh, spiritual direction in the Christian churches was there, but we didn't have this wider field. And so tell me about this switch, you know, this change and yeah. the wider field, how that happened and what's going on with that. Well, that's why I was hired. Um, spiritual direction is, you're right, is a Judeo-Christian, um, actually Abrahamic, because uh, it's it's in certain strands of Islam as well, the Mushid, the spiritual guide. Uh, but it's it's uh, the term itself is Abrahamic, and more specifically, uh, at least 40, 50 years ago, uh, prevalent in Christian circles and even more specifically than that in Catholic circles, right? It's it's a it's an outgrowth of, of the Jesuit tradition, actually. And so um, SDI was founded by a Roman Catholic nun 30 years ago and a broad-minded um, person who always wanted to invite um, companions across traditions but who was very steeped in her own her own uh, Catholicism and so never made significant strides beyond it. The reason I was brought in three years ago is the recognition that a spiritual companion cr cuts across uh, so many faith traditions and actually has uh, you were mentioning um, your own tradition and you know Hinduism in general, um, has an older tradition than the Abrahamic faiths in terms of spiritual guidance and the guru. And um, Buddhism is, um, let's just say, directly related to Hinduism in many ways. And so has um, has that that uh, concept built into it in, in lots of different variants because there's many types of Buddhists, many types of Hindus, many types of Christians, obviously, and Jews and Muslims. Um, so my main effort over the last three years is to open up what I call the spiritual director public square and invite people to recognize, invite them into that square um, and that starts with a recognition of uh, about what they do. I have, I've had so many conversations with people who say, oh, I'm not a spiritual director. And then, you know, I immediately ask, well, what is it that you do? I said, well, I run a congregation or I run a sangha or I run. Oh, and what do you do there? I said, well, I provide, I teach, I provide guidance. Um, I sit with people one on one. And I said, well, you know, you're meeting all of the criteria for what a spiritual companion is. And I've had this conversation repeatedly across traditions. They go, oh, that's what a spiritual director is. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. And so, well, I guess I am one. And so I think it's it's really going beyond that term, which was, you know, spiritual director implies um, is very directive. <laughs> and um, so it's really kind of inviting people to see that the work that they're doing as spiritual companions very much fits in with the mission of this organization and that we welcome them and invite them and are enriched by the variety of approaches, theological, not theological, um, religious approaches, and yet the commonality of the practice, which to go back to your original comment, really has a lot to do with 
maturity. And so this is not just, these are not just, you know, your pals, right? These are people who, who have actually studied deeply and are steeped in their own contemplative practice and are accountable to others, are accountable to their sanghas, to their communities, are, have supervisors. So it's really a, a, a profound endeavor that uh, most spiritual companions engage in, in the same way that you were describing you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, so it makes me um, wonder in terms of, of SDI, you know, what is the, what, you know, at this juncture, let me say at this juncture, you know, what is the vision that you hold for that organization? You know, how can it serve in this pluralistic time that we're living in and where we have uh, a growing need and really a growing participation of people acting as spiritual companions? Yeah, so I, I, I would say a few things. One is, Although alienation is nothing new, um, I think we are at a juncture, I'm talking worldwide, not just in the United States of America, but worldwide, where um, the alienation factor, for lack of a better term, is has dramatically increased in the last few decades, and particularly in the last few years. For a spiritual life is, is I've never seen it like this personally in my lifetime. I think there is just um, tremendous loneliness, alienation, and disconnection. And not just, um, you know, one with uh, between us as, as human beings, but between us and our essence, our universal essence. So there is a role for spiritual companionship in a way that is... Um, I don't want to say unprecedented, but that has few precedents in, in, in our history. And what SDI is trying to do is to create a field to become kind of a magnet um, where spiritual companions can find community with each other and there's strength in numbers, right? And, and make that offering to the world, make that offering to those lonely seekers, we call them seekers, also for lack of a better term, who really are looking for someone to help them back to their home, to mm. their spiritual essence, to their spiritual home. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision. <laughs> and, um, you know, there are a number of things that you do in the organization, Um you know, you have different um, workshops and webinars and trainings and also conferences, you know, um, that across the country and then like an annual conference and you have publications. And so, um, you know, how do you see that? I, I'm guessing that the conference is kind of like opening up the field, right? And inviting people in. And Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're very honored that you agreed to be one of our keynoters for our conference uh, here next month in Bellevue, Bellevue, Washington, which is our yearly conference and which is focused on seeking connection across generations. And um, that's one of the things that we do. And I think, you know, having you there and having a few other keynoters as models is the best uh, invitation that we can provide seekers. They need to see 
what it means to live into those values, what it means to live into the spiritual life. What does what does that look like? How how do you behave? How do you act? How do you process difficult emotions? How do you still yourself? How do you ground yourself? Um, people look for role models, and so I think. SDI is trying to model or to provide a forum for people such as yourself that model um, the spiritual life for um, their students and, and more broadly for the millions, the tens of millions of people out there who are looking for guidance, spiritual guidance. Uh, the other things we do, you're right, we have seminars and workshops and webinars. We have four different publications. We just started SDI Press, so we have some, quite a few books in the pipeline. We have podcasts of our own. Um, so we're trying to really branch out into lots of different areas so that that uh, invitation can manifest as broadly as possible. Yeah, I have really been um, excited and heartened um, by your work. I, I think it's an idea whose time you know, has definitely come and um, I'm inspired by the way in which you're drawing people together. And, you know, this year's conference having the theme of, um, you know, this this spiritual wisdom, you know, across generations, you know, and what, what is the need um, that we have to bring the generations together and also um, explore, you know, what it means to be um, at a particular point in time, you know, in our spiritual journey. So there's so much written richness just in that um, theme uh, alone. So you, could you tell us a little more about the theme of this year's sure. conference? Sure. So so it's, you know, we're all kind of playing, it's not a game, but I'm going to use the analogy of pass it on, right? It's, it's we didn't create, I mean, this, this wisdom resides in all of us. Um, it's there kind of I would I would argue by design it's built into into who we are as human beings it's built into every fiber and every, every pore of our being but sometimes recognizing that is difficult and we need people who can guide us and all of us have teachers all of us have guides that have shown us revealed um, insights to us that we were missing and they in turn had teachers and so one of the, the most um, heartening things that I do every morning is you know as a Zen priest is I meditate we meditate a lot in Zen and every time we sit we're not just sitting with by ourselves or with our Sangha we're sitting with you know a, a hundred generations of people who came before us and a hundred generations of people who will come after us. So by tapping into that essence, we connect across time and space in ways that are um, unimaginable for most people. And so I think that's really um, making that accessible in a practical way is the theme of this conference, which is how did we all find the teachers who inspired us and how did those people change our lives? And you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts um, about that, and particularly in the context of the tradition, the rich tradition that you embody and manifest, um, the vital importance of receiving and passing on um, uh, the wisdom of the ages. And you know, as you're saying that, you know, I, I think about how. Um, 
there is a whole um, field, you know, a, a, as you have named it, but there's this whole um, transpersonal field, which includes, you know, all of our spiritual ancestors, you know, uh, our, our gurus and um, mentors. And that is um, seen in our tradition as a supportive influence that we can tap into. And um, so that's a beautiful gift, you know, to, to help people sort of broaden their awareness of how and where support is available. You know, we, you know, of course, one of the primary challenges we have as human beings is our own mind and the, and the tendency, you know, to get so stuck in what we can see and what we can touch and, you know, the sensory world that we live in or the world of thoughts. But here we're, we're opening up this um, potential for people to actually reach um, beyond that into however they would call it, you know, the spiritual world, this uh, world of consciousness or reality in which there, uh, it is possible to experience support. Um, but it, it usually takes training and guidance, you know, to find that ourselves, of course, and then also to be able to um, point other people there. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest today, Reverend Seifu Anil Singh Morales. And uh, Reverend Seifu is the executive director of Spiritual Directors International, and he's um, an ordained Zen Buddhist priest as well as a practicing spiritual director companion and a motivational speaker. He's a veteran of numerous interfaith and interspiritual efforts over the years. Uh, I want to let you know you can find out more about Spiritual Directors International at their website, and that is sdiworld.org, sdiworld.org, and they're also on Facebook at sdiworld. Um, and there's still time, if you're listening in real time now in February 2019, it's still time for you to um, sign up for this conference. And of course, I would love to meet you there. And I know um, there are going to be um, speakers and people um, from all tradition um, meeting in this um, beautiful spirit, let's call it a, a spiritual field of um, looking at how we can be spiritual companions for one another in our own um, traditions and across traditions, what we can learn from one another. So I'm really looking forward to being there and um, being inspired and learning. We'll be right back with you. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. 
go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Dr. Wayne Dyer, taken from a live lecture at a Celebrate Your Life event in 2014. Just pay attention. Just start to recognize the miraculousness of every moment and everything that shows up in your life. And even the fact that that you can take a breath and that who you are is here now at this time in an infinity that has no beginning and no end, that you showed up. Pay attention. Notice the trees. Notice the clouds. And as Maslow said, see the unfolding of God in everyone that you encounter. Pay attention. Know that this world that you're in, this physical body that you're in, is not who you are at all. Pay attention. To find out about a Celebrate Your Life event in 2019, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. Take a trip with Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and my guest today is Reverend Seifu Anil Singh Molaris, and he is the Executive Director of Spiritual Directors International. And you can find out more about that organization at sdiworld.org. And we've been talking about their upcoming conference. If you're listening in real time, that conference is. Could you give us those dates, Reverend Seifu? Yes, March 14th to 17th in Bellevue, Washington. 
Yeah, great. And of course, I'm looking forward to being there, being a part of it. So um, we're February 2019 now, if you're listening in real time, and um, there's still time to register and um, be a part of that uh, growing, unfolding, developing field of spiritual companionship. And uh, in the last segment, we were talking about the vision of SDI, Spiritual Directors International, and, um, you know, meeting the need of increased alienation that we find in our world today and um, the need that people have to really be um, exploring, um, of course, their own inner life and ways in which they can find uh, support for um, spiritual awakening. You know, in our, our tradition of Kriya Yoga, we, we um, believe that everybody is here on the spiritual path um, to awaken, you know, to awaken to the truth um, of our being. And um, that part of that journey, of course, is having someone who can uh, be a companion with you and help you reflect on what you're experiencing. Um, and, you know, many of the um, traditions, you know, in fact, I, I don't really know of any who don't have that. They all seem to have some form of the spiritual friend or companion. And what SDI is looking at these days is how do we uh, come together across traditions and uh, even without tradition and strengthen the skills and the availability of spiritual companionship. And, and one of the things that, that you did fairly recently, I think, is put together a document that is um, a portrait of a spiritual uh, director. So um, tell us how that paper came together and, you know, what your vision is for it. Yeah, so, so that, that's a long gestating effort, um, probably right from the beginning of, of, uh, of this organization 30 years, almost 30 years ago. And so what we did is uh, about a year, year and a half ago, a group of about 10 of us came together for regular meetings. These are all seasoned spiritual companions, uh, seasoned spiritual directors from various uh, different traditions and different age groups uh, to talk about what are the essential hallmarks of a spiritual director or spiritual companion. And so through a series of meetings over about 18 months, um, we gathered more, we had more and more discussions about those elements and uh, summarized them into the document that you're referring to, the portrait of a spiritual director, which is available for free on our website and uh, invite anyone who wants to take a look at it. It's a living document because there's things are constantly evolving and our perspectives are limited. And so we're always looking to expand on them, but it's, it's it was a group effort and uh, it came to fruition just about a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. It, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. And I think it's a good, um, document, you know, for discussion, you know, I, I think for us, we have Vedic counselors um, in our tradition, we have those who are providing um, spiritual direction, spiritual guidance. And so I think um, to, to look through the lens of your own tradition at this uh, more generic uh, document is really helpful. Um, I, I say generic, but it's also very specific in terms of, you know, the kinds of skills that are needed, the kinds of gifts that a person would have, um, the competencies, the accountability and integrity. Um, I, 
I, I've been curious about, you know, one of the fields that was sort of burgeoning, you know, for, for several years in the last decade that I still see is that of a life coach. So, you know, we have a lot of people who have been trained as life coaches and um, there's some wonderful skills they develop along the way. And people are, you know, certainly having that uh, friend to help them in many areas of life. And so my guess is that some of that training and some of that um, um, practice as a life coach probably veers right into this role as a spiritual companion. Have you have you seen that? Have you been in any conversation about that? Yes, sure. So, so our experience, my experience of life coaches is they tend to focus on the things that are what I call low-hanging fruit. And of course, low-hanging fruit is just as important as any other fruit, high-hanging fruit. It's just easier. It's easier to reach. And the low-hanging fruit is how do I better myself to get ahead in my professional career, right? To make more money, to um, be more prosperous, which I know is a, is a theme of, of your latest book. And so I, I'm also looking forward to your, to your feedback about this. And um, I have, we have experience, we have members um, of SDI who are life coaches who are starting to really incorporate the spiritual component, um, as well as the, so looking at, you know, it's, it's kind of, it sounds almost trite to say, looking at the whole person, not just who are you, your identity as a professional, uh, your identity as a mother or father or friend um, to others, um, but looking also at issues of life and death, which is really um, one of the heart, perhaps the heart of the matter of spiritual companionship and, and the spiritual path is um, overcoming this great fear of death that many people have um, and, and showing how that can be done and showing, showing or revealing um, that it's it's really just another path, another step on the path. So I, I'd say life coaches, um, a, a growing number of them are migrating into this field. You're quite right. Mm -hmm. I, I could see that that would be a natural occurrence, and and um, some of that I think your organization is going to help um, support. At least, you know, I hope I hope that I can see it um, because I, I think that. Um, some in that who've taken up um, the coaching, uh, you know, as a profession, um, were perhaps looking for an avenue to be a spiritual companion that they did not find in their tradition. And so, um, but then, of course, that brings us back around to um, skills and competencies, um, which are so critical. They're critical to being a life coach. <laughs> They're critical in whatever field we're in where we're um, supporting one another. And so um, what do you do about um, this, this question of and necessity for competencies? I know it is one of the um, uh, topics in this um, paper that you put together that a spiritual director is competent. Um, but, you know, 
how do we how do we support greater competency in the field? Yeah, so so I think one of the the recurring questions at SDI is certification. Um, how do we certify, or do we even certify the competency of of our members, our spiritual directors, spiritual companions? And for a variety of reasons, we've decided not to take the route of an accreditation body like a university and say, look, every every spiritual companion has her or his path, but there are certain characteristics that hold true across all of these traditions and, and even non-traditions, uh, as we referred to them earlier. And it's it's things, you know, I think what people are looking for, I'm, I'm the father of five millennials and who are all allergic except one who are all allergic to organized religion because of the hypocrisy that they perceive and in many in many instances and i think what they call attention to is that we're all looking for authenticity right you know spare me the 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 nonsense and the the acting and give me what's real, give me what's authentic. And so I think what we're looking for at SDI with this portrait is what makes an authentic spiritual companion. And there's several characteristics, I'll just mention a few. One is we're all steeped in the contemplative life, right? We need to be still, we need to be grounded, we need to be excellent listeners, and um, that you can't get to that without some form of contemplative, deep contemplative practice, not just shallow waters, but deep water swimmers with all the risks that swimming in deep waters entails, i.e. drowning. So these are... <laughs> and sharks. <laughs> and sharks. <laughs> so, so seasoned deep water swimmers authentically grounded in a contemplative practice. Accountability. We're accountable. We're not just kind of lone rangers uh, out there. We come from lines. Uh, even if within the non-traditional field, people who were our mentors, people who taught us, people who we learned from, we have good mirrors. We look at ourselves honestly and admit our faults and apologize when we need to apologize. We're accountable to our communities, to the communities that we serve, and we're held accountable transparently. Um, so there's a, a number of those characteristics that we were trying to get at because they're true whether you're an indigenous person or you're in the Kriya Yoga tradition or you're a Zen, uh, Zen priest or you're um, a priest of some other denomination. I think that that that's what we were trying to get at with this with this paper. Yeah, and you know it's it's so critical. And you know one of the things that you have brought up, of course, is that spiritual companions, spiritual directors, spiritual teachers need. It's important not to be working in a vacuum, um, but to have mentors, to have guidance, to have people who will hold you accountable. You know, I, and you, you mentioned, um, you, you know, some of the young people just, you know, throwing their hands up around, um, 
you know, hypocrisy in the religious traditions, right? And looking for authenticity. Um, and, you know, another part of it has been the great disappointment that people have experienced um, where spiritual teachers or spiritual guides um, don't live up to the ethics required um, of being in that position of power. Um, so one of the things um, that you're doing that I think is really critical is you're helping people name um, the role that they're in as a spiritual companion or as a spiritual guide or director. Um, because when people are in that role and they don't claim it and they don't name it, there's no way for them to be held accountable for, for the power that they're holding in that role. And so for me, that is a critical, um, part of it, you know, which I had to face myself in my own tradition. When I started counseling people, I had to step up into the role that I'm in, you know, as the spiritual teacher, as the guide, as the guru. And, um, I didn't really want to call myself any of that. <laughs> um, but I realized that if I didn't consciously name and step into that role and understand the power that surrounds it, the potential for abuse is very, very great. Um, so you see that too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it, it's, it's a tragedy on so many levels that um, genuine innocent seekers have been betrayed by their teachers in so many of our traditions. It's so, unfortunately, so prevalent. I, I can't think of one that escapes this, unfortunately. And, um, you know, power, power, quote unquote, should be held uh, lightly, but with great a great sense of responsibility and accountability. We are not that, you know, we are instruments. We are servants um, of, a, of a higher power, of a, of a higher purpose. And um, th there is no worse betrayal than some of the ones that you're mentioning, where um, authentic innocent seekers have been, um, have been um, abused. Yeah, or in a sense, or, um Step back in their own spiritual endeavors because their teachers they looked up to were not held up to their own ethics. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of it is, of course, recognizing our own fallibility, our own vulnerability, and having supports in place for that. You know, and part of that is having um, mentors, you know, having um, other spiritual um, teachers, um, other guides that that are part of your community, um, where where you can, you know, discuss your own your own challenges because they're there. I mean, to have the idea that you would be in this role and, you know, not have any personal challenge um, is, is just not brilliant. It's just not a good idea. And so to understand, you know, our own um, vulnerability, our own fallibility, regardless of, you know, how far we've progressed on the path, um, it's always there. And so having a, a community um, of others um, and having a mentor, a guide, a support um, is is really a critical part. And you know one of the things I'm I, I wonder about, you know in in this role, you know, in our traditions, 
um, is the skill, of course, that that we need to develop um, to get out of the way <laughs> and stay out of the way, you know, which we, which we teach, uh, you know, about the integrity and the spiritual integrity of the person that we're with and, you know, trusting that, you know, um, I sometimes refer to it as the third body, you know, that, that presence, you know, between us, that is really what we're both looking to tap into. Um, one of the questions I have is about getting out of our own way is when you're in a tradition, of course, you're going to be guiding um, in accordance with the tradition that that is your foundation. And, um, you know, but yet the ultimate goal that we have in guiding others is to support them in the highest way towards their freedom. Yes. So, so, yes. so there's that little rub, you know, where spiritual yeah. traditions, you know, um, in the worst case scenarios, you know, have tried to manipulate people to stay right. And in that tradition, uh, and, and to conform, I think that's the better word, you know, to conform. Um, and, uh, so there's those sticky, sticky things that come up. So let's let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I think I think you raise a very very important point. It's there's form and formlessness, right? The the substrate, the essence that we're tapping into is formless in many ways. It's it's eternal. It's universal, and it escapes easy definition. Um, and yet we need structure very often. It's kind of like musicians, right? And you have to do your scales and you have to practice every day. And it's sometimes it's boring and tedious. But if you want to be truly free, you have to accept being perfectly bound first. <laughs> and when you're in the perfectly bound mode, it's unfortunately an invitation for unscrupulous teachers or, or, or teachers who have some, some big hole to take advantage of you. And that's really the, the dilemma kind of built into this whole uh, system is that we're, we're looking to form, to break form, and form means being bound and that's that's unfortunately that that's been and we, we see it time and time again i mean i can look at the news today and and unfortunately we'll see many more instances of of teachers abusing their students um and so my personal take on this i'd, I'd love to hear what you think uh yogacharya but is that we are our own masters ultimately and we are accountable for ourselves. Yes, we can look for other, to others for guidance and to teachers for guidance, but we should never sacrifice our agency. And good teachers always respect the agency of the people that they are guiding, always. Absolutely. And in the Kriya Yoga tradition, you know, our, our teaching is that, you know, God is the guru you know, spirit, that, you know, ultimate reality is the guru. And one's teacher, one's guide is, is simply an expression of that. But the, the, the task or the role 
of the physical teacher, the physical guru is actually, um, I, I think of it in a sense as a matchmaker um, <laughs> to introduce or to support the meeting of um, the person they're, you know, guiding or companioning to support the meeting with the ultimate guru, which resides within them. And so that's what I meant kind of about like the third, the third body between us is, is helping, uh, helping point to that, um, which is, you know, the ultimate guide, you know, and in our scriptures, it says, you know, um, the God is the guru of all gurus. <laughs> and so the, you know, the ultimate, um, teacher and, um, and yet, you know, it does require training, um, to just, you know, one of the things we find in our Vedic counseling training is that we're really teaching, um, students who are enrolled in that program, how to be present, <laughs> you know, how to not be so, um, quick to offer solutions or to try to fix, you know, which is, um, you know, you mentioned in the very beginning of our conversation, the need for maturity, uh, spiritual maturity. And I think that's exactly what that is. You know, it's, it's about the ability to be able to trust, um, something, you know, beyond the mind <laughs> and the solution that we might be providing, you know, it's being able to sit. And so, like you say, having a contemplative practice and a deep end practice is really such an important um, part of that. Um, we're going to have to uh, conclude in just a few minutes, but before we do, I, I want to know, you know, what, what words of encouragement or inspiration would you have Let's take it two ways. One, you know, for people who are looking for a spiritual guide, uh, companion, and uh, also for people who are in that field or are looking to join it. What is, uh, what would you say that would encourage them today? Well, I, I, I would say the following: that um, times of crisis, times the times of greatest suffering in our lives, are the times of greatest opportunity as well, paradoxically. Uh, people come to spiritual guides, to spiritual directors when they are in crisis. And so if you find yourself in a place despondent, alienated, unhappy, unsure of yourself, uh, for any number of reasons, relationship issues, professional issues, metaphysical concerns, um, you are really in the perfect place to grow. You are really in the perfect place to be seeking spiritual guidance and, to re and, and you're open to it. And so that's, that's the paradox uh, that I see is that our, the source of our greatest suffering is also the source of our greatest redemption. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In the, in the yoga tradition, that that's the number one, it's listed as number one, you know, way that we come to the path is, is suffering. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, many of us, of course, have experienced that. Um, and before you go, um, tell us, um, like, who is the conference for? Like, who's invited? Everyone is invited to this conference. Any um, experienced spiritual companions, beginning, aspiring spiritual companions, spiritual seekers, anyone interested in the spiritual life. Um, this 
conference is designed to be as accessible and inviting and to provide as many different perspectives from different faith traditions, different age groups, different modalities um, as possible. So really all are welcome and strongly um, welcomed. Um, we also offer scholarships, by the way, if, um, so don't like a lack of means prevent you from looking into this conference. Thank you so much, Reverend Seifu Anil Singh Molaris. We're um, so happy that you have joined us today for the Yoga Hour. And I want to remind you to go to sdiworld.org and you can find out more information about the organization and about the upcoming conference. And I'm going to be there. And would you give us those dates again for the conference? Yes, March 14th to 17th in Bellevue in the state of Washington. Wonderful. So I'm going to be there and I'm looking forward to it. I'm also going to be there a little bit earlier. I'll be in, in Seattle in town. I'm going to be at the Community Interfaith Sanctuary and also at East West Bookstore. Yay. So um, please go to ellengraceobrien.com, ellengraceobrien.com, and you can look in events and you can see how to find me in uh, Seattle. The Yoga Hour is a service project of Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. We welcome people from all faith backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization. You can go to csecenter.org, csecenter.org to find out more. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour and to pass it along and let people know about the Yoga Hour. And thanks to our Yoga Hour team, uh, my co-hosts, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, assistant producers, Sean Smith and Ann Hayes, and our CSE Global Media Outreach team, Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at Unity Online Radio. Thanks so much for being with us today. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 